beautiful baby. Oh my God, can you believe we're doing this? I can't, I've just written down a couple of things and I was like, oh my God, we literally spoke in summer 2020 and thought that COVID would be nearly done. <laughs> we'll give it six weeks, babes. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I cannot believe that we're still in this situation, but now we've got babies. So it's a I bit know, better. we're in this situation and now there's babies involved. It is insane. <laughs> oh my God, she's so beautiful. Look at those big beautiful eyes. I'm hoping those big beautiful eyes shut and remain closed. <laughs> do you do like scheduled nap time? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, we're too early for that. She okay. tends to sleep every two hours. Right. Great. So it's like two hours and she's like yawning. I pop her in a wrap. She's out. I can do stuff. For real? Aww. What How about I Wednesday? She's so grown up in comparison to Lenny. Like, tell me everything. Mate, she slept last night from half ten till half eight this morning. <laughs> I literally like, so Leon had a drink last night, so we'll take it in turns if one of us is like, oh, I really need a drink tonight. They'll stay on the, we'll stay on the sofa and the other one will have the baby in the room. And um, yeah, last night I was like, oh God, I'm, I'm on the night shift. What's she going to be like? Half 10, fast asleep till half eight this morning. I woke up and was like. What? That is amazing. <laughs> I know, but I mean, it's happened completely by accident. Like the first six weeks, like, you know, she was just up all night slept all day up all night and then just suddenly she just wanted to sleep at night um I mean it's pretty amazing are you on the wine sorry. no <laughs> no a glass of water in a stellar glass <laughs> I was like god I mean I got something in the fridge I didn't realize this was Sunday fun day what time is it <laughs> oh it's two o'clock it's five o'clock somewhere it's five o'clock somewhere baby girl I believe uh -huh. it is it like, is it partly formula as well? Like, because formula's great, isn't it? It zonks them out. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I think, so when I first switched to formula, I found it, we'll talk about this properly. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. I might give mini base to Matt. Okay. Matt, can we do a swap? Because I just think she's a, she's sort of a bit into everything and me chatting is quite exciting. Let's show you to Auntie Charlie properly. Hello, hello, my love. Oh. oh. You look great. You're glowing, babe. I, I feel great. I am sleeping. These are a bit of a shocker. I've got like wrinkles where they shouldn't be yet, but I'm sleeping. Yeah. Lenny's quite a good sleeper. Yeah, brill. I do. You like look great. Well, I've had a great night's sleep. <laughs> I am. I've become like that person that I hate. I'm like, I'm, I'm smug as fuck. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty smug as fuck. I think as well, like, I mean, I know I didn't have the worst pregnancy ever. I know that it could have been a lot worse. I was, you know. I was yeah, but it was quite full on. But I had, to, I did have a bit of a shit time with it. So I am kind of a bit like, it's nice to, you know, it's a bit of a relief because I thought if this is <laughs> how, you know, it's all going to go like this is a nightmare <laughs> no you're owed a nice time yeah a little bit it feels like <laughs> I, why um, not yeah totally <laughs> I'm so giddy I feel like really hyper I know. <laughs> I'm so excited to see you it's a good job I'm not drinking I would go up like a rocket right now Whew. and we've just had a Tesco delivery that's got fucking fizz in it I'm like should I just have a little drinky boo 
no, oh, no. I mean, this evening, maybe. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it one evening. Yeah, definitely. Um, look how responsible we are. I know. Um, <laughs> right, so welcome to Oh Fuck the Podcast. So some of you will have listened to our pilot episode where I spoke to the lovely Yana Kennedy back in summer 2020. And we thought that COVID would be over soon. What the actual fuck? So since then, we've become famous friends and both had our babies. Um, So we wanted to catch up on the podcast so that you could all hear about our birth stories and breastfeeding and fourth trimester stuff. And of course, those oh fuck moments of having a baby during a pandemic. So what happened after we spoke last? (laughs) Well, what happened? So I uh, I was the hippie home birth. I'm giving birth in a pool, you know, set the pool up, tried it out in a bikini, had a private midwife, all of this stuff. Oh, well, none of that went according to plan. When they say to you, be ready for anything, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's for other people. No. So my waters broke like three days early. And I was basically in a park having a walk with my friends and thought I'd piss myself. And then I was like, do you leak a bit? And my friend was like, oh yeah, all the time. And I was like, oh fine. Happened to mention it to my midwife who was like, your waters have broken, get to triage. So went to triage, everybody got in the right flat. But I was like, I just want to be monitored. Let's just see. They were like, we want to induce you now. You'd been induced and you were like, don't do it. So I was like, I just want to wait a minute. So I agreed to have monitoring for three days. And what they're worried about was your waters breaking your infection. So we had it all out. That was all fine. And then three days later, I'd emptied the compost bin with my mum and dad, like this vital thing I needed to do, you know. And then I started contractions. So I was lying in bed. I was like, oh, my God, they're every 10 minutes. Like, shit, this is my first oh, fuck moment. Oh, fuck, it's started. Like, <laughs> what do I do? So I went down to Matt. Anyway, they started. They were happening. That was all good. They were ramping up. Whoever bakes a cake in latent labour and just wanders around singing songs is fucking no friend of mine. Because I don't know how anybody does that. Like, I was, like, unable to focus almost from the off. Like, it was so full on. I had a tens machine. Was it like that for you? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit different because I was induced and then it took... It it was quite slow. It was, like, three days of being at home. Oh, God, yeah, right. it was it, it started as like period pains and then I got the tens machine on but the tens machine kind of worked as a distraction because I couldn't figure out how to fucking use it so I'm yes. like what like why does it not stay on this setting it would reset so it'd stop and then to go back to that you had to like go through all of the settings to get back to the setting that was working for you before and so I was getting so like ah with this machine that that kind of helped me focus on something other than the pain for a while because but surely not for three days um no I started spontaneously so that was good and then I was like I happen to have got this package from this group of women who are like in my village you know like my support team so I was like going through these beautiful gifts and like having contractions and listening to music I was like oh this is like you know how it's meant to be anyway then it got so full-on that I was basically like writhing around in bed in pain I managed to be sick all over the upstairs hallway Matt was so tired he'd passed out I was like thudding his legs to try and wake him up then was sick all over the bed he woke up and ran out into the hallway skidded through the sick I mean it was just like this this shit show the midwife was like it's very good you've been sick it means things are progressing and I was like but everywhere 
anyway, so um, I just didn't progress enough, basically. And she did a few checks and then a vaginal examination. I agreed to that. I agreed to the sweep. And she was just like, babes, you're not progressing enough. And the baby's head is starting to swell. I'm really sorry. But because your waters are broken earlier, there's a higher risk of mm. infection and things going yeah. wrong. Your baby getting yeah. distressed. If it hadn't been, I'd be more prepared to wait this out. But I'm really yeah, sorry. I think we need to transfer you. And I was like, okay, fine. And I just remember sitting there forlornly, like with my coat on, with them packing up and being like, I feel sad, I've got to get in a car. So then Matt managed to get me in the car, contractions, TENS machine did fuck all really. Like, and it just felt annoying, like buzzing Mm. bees on me. I just felt annoyed by it. Yeah. And uh, so we get to the hospital. I have a contraction against the car in the car park. The security panic because they think I'm having a baby in the middle of the thing. These <laughs> midwives fly at me like, oh, bless them. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just having a contraction. They walk off, they just leave me. They're like, oh, it's no big deal. So then they put me in a wheelchair, wheel me in. They think I've got COVID because I've got a temperature. I think I just have a temperature because it's fucking hard work. Mm. And uh, I was wearing this big coat. Anyway, finally, I'm in a maternity room. They're talking about inducing me just to get things going. I've already been doing this for 24 hours, by the way. At this point, I'm like seven centimetres dilated. I'm pretty tired. They give me a bit of gas and air. Everyone's going, you're doing really well. And I want to say, fuck off. I'm having to have conversations in between these contractions, which are every two to three minutes. So that's all fine. They're talking about inducing me, giving me some really nice sounding drugs. Oh, so what what would induction be if you have already seven centimetres and your waters have already broken? It just, it it's makes the, cervix uh, the contractions get clo- more intense and closer together. Or oh. I think they were as intense as they were going to get, but closer together, which would mean I would dilate, basically. Right. okay. And so, but they were going to give me drugs, self-administering morphine or something. Sounded brilliant. I just kept going, just tell me <laughs> one more time. Like, just tell me about that again. <laughs> So, uh, I'm not going to lie, I had a button in my hand from like halfway through. I was like, so they were all geared up for that. And then suddenly someone was like, baby's heart rate's dropping. And it was panic stations. And it was like, what the fuck? My temperature was fluctuating. Her heart rate was going funny. They were like, we think your baby's in distress. We're worried you've got an infection. Your, your temperature's all over the shop. And they just said to me, if we induce you, you know, it'll be another eight to 12 hours. Oh <laughs> I was God. like, I don't know if I can do that. So then suddenly a surgeon knelt in front of me and was like, uh, I'm really sorry, but we need to give you a cesarean. And oh my God, my, and you've already come so wife, far. My you're... eyes went big. I looked at Matt, he was white. And I just went, okay. And the midwife was like, no, hang on, we're going to have five minutes to talk about this. And so we went, okay. So in between contractions, she was like, you know, they've obviously put lots of different factors together. And the consultant was like, we can give you the induction if you want to go ahead, but your baby may become more distressed and we're going to have to give you a cesarean anyway. You're feeling good. You're fit. You're okay. We don't want to do it in a crash situation. Yeah. No, we don't. (laughs) So... I said, okay. And within a second, I was suddenly wheeled out the room with like trying to get chains off, like rings off, like just rip it off. Like literally, like I was banged through doors into theater. So then I didn't have any drugs. I was having contractions drugless. They took the TENS machine off me. I was just like this insane woman. And then, uh, yeah, 
so I had to sit in theatre, like, and you have to lean over. So I'm leaning over my big belly, having these contractions, mm-hmm. and I just started weeping. Yeah. <laughs> and then these two hairy hands came and held my two non-hairy hands. And his mm-hmm. name was James, and I am so grateful to James. I could cry, except I've just talked about this yesterday, so I'm a bit less cryy. Mm. And I am so thankful for James. Anyway, then they injected me. Then I couldn't feel anything. And then I was like, this is the best thing ever. So then Matt, they nearly forgot Matt. My God, I had to remind them to bring Matt in. And Matt was in a waiting room with another guy who's like, don't let them forget you. They forgot (laughs) me twice. Twice. So anyway, Matt finally comes in and then you just feel lots of rummaging. The anaesthetist, Danielle, was fabulous. I mean, you and I would go for drinks with her. She was great. Uh, and then they were like, here the baby comes. And Matt said, though, they were looking at each other, the two surgeons, like something wasn't right. So they were like, here's your baby, bye. And she had this cone-shaped head because she'd got this, like, swelling on her head. And I just remember being like, oh, God, that's a funny-looking baby. Whisked off to the cardiac infant paediatric team, whatever, who were, like, on standby to resus my fucking baby. Mm. I'm in loads of pain because when you get all your bits rummaged around there's a main uh, nerve that runs down and it's linked to your diaphragm and it's in your shoulder and I felt like somebody had hit my shoulder with a hammer so then they gave wow. me some morphine fabulous stuff morphine mm-hmm. then they put the baby on me and it felt very intense like I couldn't see her it was all a bit much and I was like no get her off me I'm in pain mm. Matt took her I went in the recovery room 15 minutes later there she was looking around Matt was holding her and I just thought what the fuck is happened to me (laughs) and then they were like do you want to hold her and I was like no I'm all right (laughs) and they were like you should try breastfeeding and I was like can I do it later like and they were giving me like tea and biscuits I was like I'd rather have the biscuits like I just was fucked you know I was so tired and then they got me to breastfeed and that just felt really normal that was fine and then wheeled into a room because my COVID test hadn't come back so I had a private room for nearly two nights which was phenomenal because you're bleeding Mm. everywhere you're basically naked you've got this massive scar you're trying to deal with a new baby when you've had a major operation Mm. you've got a catheter in like you can't feel your own feet I don't know how people do it on a ward I just was sort of this weeping mess yeah anyway a few days later they popped me on a ward the ward was amazing we had to stay in because of infection and Lenny did have some sort of infection like the sepsis is the general term yeah, which is yeah. really scary yeah, and then good. yeah then we got moved on to another bit of the ward so we had a big window so five days was insane and sort of fine all at the same time you were just constantly having people checking on you I mean our care was outstanding really outstanding everybody came and saw me including St. James Mary's. With the hairy hands, St Mary's mm-hmm. um we sent them a massive gift basket of fruit and biscuits and tea to say thank you and I listed as many of the midwives as I could remember because they were so kind mm. and lovely and uh yeah that it does was my birth it does make you like really emotional like I had nearly shed a tear then just hearing you talk about it, like thinking about like all the people that helped you and like James holding your hand and like yeah there's just certain people that you know you come across in labor and it might just be for a split second because they brought you you know a brew or whatever and it's just like in that 
moment that just they just mean so much and when you think it means back to so them, much like I just, it one just woman on so the list and was like I'd like to thank Julia she always works night shifts just when I needed it most she turned around as she was leaving my bit my my bay and she went you know you're doing really well and she just walked off and <sighs> god that gets me right there. <laughs> it just meant everything to me you know with this tiny baby who I just couldn't put down and was also like what the fuck am I doing and like it's just it's mad in the beginning like you've had major abdominal surgery everybody's like rest as much as you can yet you've got to keep this tiny human alive Mm, yeah and just (laughs) like a a kind word from a stranger like I can't remember a lot of people's names because I was I was high as a kite for a few days after but so (laughs) it's all a bit of a blur but um yeah like just just means so much and just like gets you through that next hour or whatever it might be and they just the kindness of these women really the kindness of these women was just and like I said to my midwife they were so kind I'd like to say thank you and she was like they would love that because nobody thanks them people criticize them all the time and I was like about what and Mm. another woman on the ward was complaining about them all the time about ridiculous stuff and I was just Mm. like why you like she lodged a complaint against a midwife because the midwife wouldn't turn her baby's head to look at her when this woman wouldn't touch her own baby oh my god and so that's got to be like investigated and gone through and you just Mm. anyway so I couldn't thank them enough and the care was phenomenal Mm -hmm. and so now when you look back how you know the fact that it did go very not it wasn't to play I can't get my words out I'm still feeling really emotional <laughs> um right so you had your your birth plan and your birth preferences yeah how do you feel now that it didn't go to plan are you kind of like that's how it was meant to be and we did the right thing at the right time and like or you know does it stress you out and upset you that it didn't go to plan no I I've totally made peace with it because every stage I kept going there's this uh what's it called with the letters so the thing is brain so you go what are the benefits the risks the alternatives what's my intuition what if I do nothing I asked that all the way through what's it called like a it's not an anagram anyway whatever one of those things so you use this like word to remind anagram is it that sounds right that one (laughs) so I asked it all the way through so when my waters had broken they were like we want to induce you I was like well hang on what are the alternatives I went through everything Mm -hmm. so I felt like I had knowledge I was making my own decisions and even when I was having mad contractions in hospital and things were changing all the time I was still asking questions and just I felt like I was making decisions and and able to be part of the process and mm-hmm. it didn't happen to me I was very much part of that and so like it was totally the right thing that had to happen mm-hmm. for me and the baby you yeah. know I think there's a lot that's like oh as long as the baby's all right and I don't believe that I think the mum and the baby need to be all right because otherwise there's a lot of trauma around it so I mm-hmm. felt really totally at peace with all of the decisions there's a part of me that still is like oh I would have loved to have pushed her out of course at home if not you know in a hospital whatever but that wasn't to be and I never thought I'd have a cesarean that's so far away from where I thought I'd be but it turned out that's what 
we both needed. And I'm so grateful that there was a team on standby that I was like able to be operated on immediately. Like mm-hmm. that I've healed really well, you know. So mm-hmm. no, I don't have a, a feel weird about it or sad about it. It mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's it. Good. That's good. Yeah. That's really nice to hear. Because I just think that there can be so much pressure that we put on ourselves once you start writing birth plans and things like that, that when it goes a bit off course, I think you can be so hard on yourself and, you know, be like, why did that happen? And should I have done that? And, you know, yeah. I think think you can be, but I think there's so many people kept saying to me, be ready for anything. And my midwife was like, that's a nice birth plan. Like, we'll just put that in a drawer. You know, she mm. was like, they'll pretend to read it in the hospital, but they won't. Like, it's in theory <laughs> what you want, but it's just going to happen how it happens. And I was yeah. like, but I want to make sure my microbial ball. <laughs> you know, like, Nobody should call me mum, all of this shit, you know. Oh my God, what happened um, with the placenta? Have you had oh, it? Right, so that was okay. So we had to check it because of the infection. So they kept mm-hmm. it in a freezer for us. And then Matt did manage to give it to the presenter woman. That all got whizzed up fine, whatever. So I've been taking my capsules and I drank the smoothie. <laughs> but because of COVID, I had it? to do it myself. <laughs> it oh, was fine. Okay, it was like, that. She gives you raspberries mm-hmm. to mix in with it. So that's the colour thing. And mm-hmm. then I think I added like a banana and it just tasted like a fruit smoothie. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, so it was fine. So I got my hippie bit in. <laughs> yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, I feel like that'll be the one thing that people listening to the podcast that listen to. What happens I've to the like, So many people text me being like, so are you going to do it too? And I was like, oh, I don't know. if I... Now I would do for my, if I have another one, I would do, but... Yeah, I I mean, who knows, because I haven't not done it, but I think it's really helped me heal. I think it's really helped me balance my hormones. Like mm. I've just felt cool and groovy, really. Like, I mean, it was a few days a week, probably of like it was pretty uncomfortable. Mm. But I mean, you've had a major bit of surgery, but yeah. actually I kind of got over it really quickly and like, yeah, I like now I'm totally feel fine and you can mm. barely see anything and you know I feel very lucky and I'm grateful Mm. to my body is where I'm at with it like I'm like well done body you know Mm. it's insane but I can't believe I've got a baby can you no um (laughs) (laughs) no I still like I'm still kind of waiting for that day when it all just kind of feels quite normal because it's still very like (laughs) there's a baby in the house no. like quite recently I came downstairs and was like like because I heard a baby making noises and I kind of was like there's a baby in the house and then I was like oh my god it's mine um <laughs> this still does take me by surprise every day um but then me this, too this is the crazy thing though because of covid and lockdown I'm really like if we were living normal lives and on normal maternity leaves and doing normal new mum things would it still feel quite foreign to us that we've got babies or is this a covid thing and is it a lockdown thing because half my family still haven't met her and you know my friends haven't met her so maybe if we'd all met and we're all in our lives a bit more it'd be a bit more run of the mill that there's a baby in the house I don't know I think you're right Uh, you know what it's like it just made me think about it you know when you get together with someone at first and nobody's really met them 
and it's just you two having loads of sex and like mm. getting drunk. Yeah. And it becomes more real, doesn't it? Once your mates meet them, once they're like in your life more generally. Maybe that's the same thing with a baby. Is like, yeah. only me and Matt's here. Like, yeah. does she exist? Like, I've got mates who never saw me pregnant. And yeah. then I hold a baby up to the screen. But it could be anyone's really, couldn't it? Like, yeah. it, what's that tie-in? And yeah, like maybe if we were going to all these little baby groups singing Wind the Bobbin Up, it would feel mm. more real. yeah. Yeah, I've got my sister never saw me pregnant and still hasn't met Wednesday because she lives in Berlin. And I'm like, how do you know that this is real? Yeah, like, oh, don't get me started on the tiles. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. I've already got them and I didn't even push. Well, I had them when I was pregnant. So I, th- I don't know if it's it's not well, even you just. You had the, everything. It's, I know. <laughs> I know I've realized now as well I know we spoke close before about me thinking I had spiders on me and I'm so glad that that stopped because I I started to think like maybe I'd always been like that and I was like maybe I've always kind of felt like I had insects on me and maybe <laughs> that's going to carry on like after I've had a baby and it just became so normal for me to think that there was something running up my leg like all the time and always be like ah, ah, that I just I just started to worry that that was just a part of me and then luckily you know all the shit that I had when I was pregnant just stopped like that as soon as we did it as soon as she was out yeah the heartburn stopped thank fuck um well apart from the piles I think time though is weird isn't it like I was in a room I got wheeled into a room after the recovery room because my covid test hadn't come back thank god yeah I had a night because I think she was born at 4.45, but then suddenly it was nighttime. And then mm. Matt was meant to go, but I think they let him stay a bit longer because they felt sorry for me. But you're like covered in blood. I'm bleeding. I'm sitting on this pad. I'm sweating. Mm. The drugs are coming off me. <gasps> Matt itching the soles of my feet because they were so itchy. I've never had wow. such an intense, amazing experience. <laughs> and then a catheter in. And then this baby that you're meant to feed. And I remember saying to him, I don't want anything to happen to her, but can we just put her under some leaves in a cave? And I'll come and get her in the morning. Like, I just can't do this. And everyone's like, you've got a breastfeed, give them colostrum, give them colostrum. And I was like, mm. I'm fucked, you give her colostrum. Mm. And I just found it really difficult. Anyway, this student midwife milked my breasts I colostrum that. I that were that. like put into this syringe and then fed to her. Cause I was like, I just can't breastfeed her. I'm just too tired. It hurts, it, yeah. I don't want it. I'm just yeah. so tired, you know. Yeah. This bloody amazing midwife, like milking my boobs, and I yeah. was like, there. I had that. It and was then- one of the um, healthcare assistants, I think, she came in and she said, "Do you mind?" Because I was, I asked her for advice. I said, "I'm trying to get this bloody colostrum out, and oh, and I'm exhausted, and blah blah blah." And she was like, "Do you want me to just?" And I was like, "Yeah." yeah just <laughs> and do I just it. let Milk her go me. to town. I remember Leon was kind of sat in the corner, like. Is the this weird normal? shit that happens to you, like I was saying to my mate, like I was like naked half the time. People coming in and out, like checking her bloods, checking me, doing IV drips, mm. like all sorts of things. I was like absolutely like didn't care, like sitting there naked, sweaty, like disgusting. Yeah. And then I think I had the next day and then Matt left late the next day at like 10 o'clock at night, 10 minutes after he'd left, two mm. midwives came in and were like, right, we're moving you to a ward and put like, my stuff on my bed in her car I'm holding her we're wheeled to a ward oh, and I then they're like right there you go and they leave oh. me so I spent the night with a suitcase at the bottom of my bed 
because I didn't realize you could call a call button and be like, can somebody come and help me? And like they'd pop around the corner and be the curtain and be like, all right. And I'd be like, holding my baby, like, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> On this ward with babies screaming the place down. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And then I heard this woman go, Yana. And I was like, yes. And it was one of the NCT mums. She'd been there the day before me. She knew how the ward worked. She was like, I'll sort you out. Oh, that's oh, great. Oh, my God. I've never been so happy to see anybody. Shout out to Emily. Whoop, whoop. We were so happy to see each other. It was like oh, friends for life, you know. Yeah. When I spoke to your friend Kate, she was saying that, um, you know, there's, there's some like camaraderie on the ward and like, yeah. the women helping each other and stuff. I mean, I... I, we I didn't have that at all. Once Emily left, it was nothing. It was no. like everybody shut their curtains. There was some heavy shit going on in my ward, though. Like some women had really been through it. One had to have a hysterectomy. When you have a cesarean, there's a chance you can hemorrhage. And she had hemorrhaged and had a full hysterectomy. And she didn't get given a private room. She wasn't in a private room. <laughs> No. So you'd yeah. have consultants constantly coming in going, so you've had a full hysterectomy. And what she at one point was like, I know what I've had. Not everybody needs to remind me every time they come in. And she was like asking for a full investigation. And so I was hearing that. So she didn't want to fucking deal with anybody. The other woman's kid was really ill. You know, nobody wanted to deal with each other, really. I didn't feel particularly social. Like, I was really happy to speak to Emily. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, no, I wasn't. It wasn't a bonding experience like Kate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. Holly was um, saying that she had mastitis, so she had to go back into hospital when she born. And they were saying, you know, to feed on all fours because to drain the boob is a lot better. So she was saying that she'd sometimes be like naked on all fours above her baby, and they'd just whip the curtain open and be like, "Come on, you need to socialize. These women all need to." You know, you all need no. to get to know each other. And she was just like, I just don't want to get to know anyone new no. right now when I'm no. naked, like a cow on all fours, yeah. <laughs> like in, in agony as well, because mastitis is so painful. Yeah, like just leave me alone. Turn off. Yeah, so it doesn't always work out. <laughs> no, we didn't have that. And I was all right with that. And I felt like the midwives were friends enough to me. And also because I was... She had to be checked every two hours. I was being checked every two hours. Everybody's coming in and out about various things. Like, mm. I didn't need to be any more social. I was fucking tired. I'd had major abdominal surgery. You know, mm. like, I don't need to be chatting to anybody about anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frankly. Yeah. think that you can like try and plan exactly what kind of parent you're going to be and exactly what you're going to do and like what things you're going to use and this is going to be her favorite seat and this is going to be her favorite teddy and all this shit before <laughs> you actually have the baby and then actually when they come you're like it's just all completely different isn't it <laughs> well yeah also I think I think there's no way to know what it will be like having a little baby in your house there's just no way to know that Mm. And also, there's no way, like, I had a fucking cesarean. Like, you're mm. basically not meant to do, is this funny? Is it? <laughs> I, I'm not meant to do anything for six weeks, you know? Yeah. So suddenly, like, that's a whole other thing is, like, we're both totally exhausted and I can't do anything. And having a new baby is mm. insane. Mm. There's no way to prepare you, but 
listen, listeners, it's insane. You <laughs> <laughs> get through it. Like it's suddenly all over and it's totally different again. But yeah, that was one of my oh fuck moments was me and Matt sitting at five in the morning with this crying tiny human and going, what the fuck have we done? Like we wanted this. What the fuck have we done? And I think at that moment, if a genie had said, do you want me to take her back? We both would have gone, yeah this has been enough thanks like we've had her a few weeks it's really hard take her away you know? yeah I was thinking about it before we started speaking like you know people are like I'm totally in love with my baby this has been the best day ever I don't know if I've had a best day ever probably the first time she really smiled at me but mm. like I definitely didn't love her I mean I would have died for her mm. but I didn't I didn't like I wasn't like oh my god my amazing baby I was like oh die for her and I'm going to keep her alive yeah it's practical and like I'll do all that now I'm really enjoying her like she's smiling mm. up at me when I'm talking to you like she mm. feels like my little mate I really love her yeah. like it's nice yeah yeah you but yeah at the beginning and I think it's really I think more women need to talk about that and say it because mm. I I think it's a myth that we're all like popping them out and then in love with them immediately yeah I think it was a lot more instantaneous for Leon than for me but then we both, yeah he was like so overcome with emotion and I was quite like I was crying but I was crying because of my own body I was crying because yes. I felt physically fucked and there was so much blood and all that stuff that's why I was crying yeah. whereas he was like I'm so in love <laughs> and I was just like oh everyone leave me alone <laughs> That was the same, like when they were all like, right, you've got a breastfeeder. I was like, who's going to care about me? Mm. Like, shit, somebody else can look after her. Like, I've just been yeah. cut open. I've had a baby cut out of me. Like, who's yeah. caring for me? Like, you know, and yeah. Matt was in love with her. And I was like, put her down, cuddle me. You know, it, like, it changes. Oh, cuddly. How's all lockdown life and stuff? What's next? Have you got like work stuff? Are you gonna are you still on maternity leave or are you well I'm freelance, so maternity leave is a like you know suggestive thing, isn't it? Hmm. And because I've had a whole year off basically, I'm having to go back and do things earlier than I would like to, but because mm-hmm. it's all online, it sort of feels a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that surprised me the most is how. I always thought baby groups, who needs baby groups? Charlie, what I would give to sit in a drafty church hall, drinking weak tea, singing Wind the Bloody Bobbin Up with some other mums, talking about fannies. You know, I would love to be with other mums. I think it's hard not being able to be indoors with people. Like, I want to go around to yours and drink cups of tea or, you know, mm. a glass of wine or whatever. And yeah. walking in a park with one friend, I'm glad I can do it, but it's hard work and it's, Mm. you know lockdown's all right it's intense with a partner I mean at the beginning I didn't know it's anyway because you've got a tiny baby where are you going mm. but when you want to start going out you can't yeah. Yeah. and it's intense right like three of you in the house yeah. me and Matt are a solid pair but there's been the odd like <laughs> yeah 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 we've just had like a, a pretty shitty argument last week and then it's like once you calm down it's really like god that was so petty but it's just a melting pot of yeah. 
because it's intense like Mm. you know you're an independent woman i'm an independent woman i've never been with him this much ever Mm. and i'm it's not normal where do you go it's not normal to spend this much time with one person or two people (laughs) but um no well thank you so much do you have any oh fuck moments before you get off that you want to share uh oh fuck i've got a baby (laughs) (laughs) that's the main one yeah uh oh fuck this is still carrying on oh fuck what sort of a world have i brought her into like will her and wednesday be able to lick each other's faces and roll around at festivals and be silly together when they're teenagers to me (laughs) I really hope that they can go to festivals as teenagers and me and you sit and worry over the weekend together. You know, like, (laughs) I want her to have the mad experiences that I've had. And Mm. is the world just changed? Right, I'll let you get off. All right. Bye, Lily. See you soon. Bye, love. Thank you so much. Take care. No problem.